0: Brother,
1: we got a new guy who's doing the overheads and the broadcast. So, no pressure back there. (laughs) Good morning, (laughs) y'all. You're on the live stream. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for logging in and viewing us. Please give us a thumbs up or a like, however you know, happy looking at us or site, and share that link with someone. You who are looking at us from uh, another country, which we do have people from other countries viewing us. God bless you. Heard that some sometimes you have to share whatever you're looking at, a phone or a tablet, with a whole bunch of people. So God bless all y'all. That's uh, Southern East, all y'all. Let us open a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this morning that you so graciously provided for us. Like my my mom says, we're breathing your air. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for this time and opportunity just to praise you and to honor you and to love you. And Father, it's only because of the gift of your Son and the blood he shed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We pray that this whole time that we're together be in a celebration of what you did. And if we've said or done or thought anything since the last time we got together, that has not pleased you, Lord. We ask you for your cleansing. And if during the service, either during the songs that are sung here or during the time of the teaching, if we need to repent, Lord, give us a heart that will let go of sin and latch hold of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy of praise, worthy of praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: I just want to speak the name of jesus Jesus in the street.
1: Your name is only worth something to those who know you, who have faith in you, a relationship with you. And that's when we can speak the darkness and they will flee. Try. Amen. Demons will tremble at your name, but there's power only when we will believe in it. So Father, we, we call upon the name of Jesus for our unsafe family members. Those on the job who don't know you, Lord. Wayward children, Lord. Lord, wandered far away from you, Lord. Sickness, oh God, there's something in our body and our families, and some of us are dealing with ailments. We speak the name of Jesus over these things. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord. We want your will to be done. In the name of Jesus, we want relief. In the name of Jesus, we want to see your hand move in miraculous ways. So that all the praise and glory would go right back to you, Lord. All the praise and glory will go right back to the name that is above every name. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets,
0: Jesus in the darkness, over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus, you're me. upon flesh focus upon it
2: This morning. Good morning. Uh, Yeah, different kind, but still the power. Uh, could we all stand in the presence of a holy God, please? Our scripture reading brings comfort, power, peace, and joy this morning. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18 reads like this: For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Thank you very much. May dismiss our children, please.
3: Good morning welcome everyone today so glad to see you to hear welcome those online as well we're glad that y'all are tuning in and hope that uh that your hearts are prepared for what the lord has for us today you know god's always got something for us sometimes we're a little hard-headed sometimes our ears are a little clogged up sometimes we don't necessarily want to hear it but he's always got something to say and as we come to him this morning my prayer is that we ask him to clean out our ears and we ask him lord we do come to the lord and say lord we just need to be in your presence and, you know after the week that we may have had the news in the in the world and the everything going on around us it's so easy to get sucked in and get distracted and and the lord is saying listen i don't need you to be distracted right now <laughs> right now i need you to be focused and what do we need to focus on we need to focus on jesus need to be in his presence. Amen. So if you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. Uh, We're going to continue our study in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll open to 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to pick up in verse 35. Our title this morning is Our Hope Realized. Our Hope Realized. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity that we have to study your word. To seek your face to be in your presence to lift up the name of Jesus to praise you to worship you and to receive from you Lord what you have for us those nuggets in your word that come alive in our hearts Lord when we study when we meditate we ask Lord that you speak to us this morning we ask Lord that it's not just a hearing in our natural ears but that it would penetrate beyond our our minds and into our hearts and Lord that we would be able to understand And grow and walk closer with you we thank you for your word and thank you for your spirit we thank you for all that you are in jesus name amen well last week we saw our hope was confirmed regarding our resurrection to be with jesus everything will be put under his feet in the final movement everything will be put under his feet and once that's accomplished he then will give it all to the father if you realize and, and and recognize that the whole purpose that jesus came was to fulfill the father's will everything that he did he said over and over i came to do my father's will in john 5 28 through 30 it says do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. That was his entire mission. Now you can say you can break that up and look at it in different categories you know what well, he came to redeem yes he did he came to die yes he did he came to restore all of these things he came to do but the reason that he came to do all of these things was for the one reason was because he was obedient to the father this was the father's plan of redemption this was the father's will for him and so he came to obey that will and to follow through and he didn't miss one letter one dot nothing everything he did he came to fulfill the will of the father And now he is continuing his heavenly ministry, sitting at the right hand of the Father, continuing to do his will forever. See, God is always a God of order. He puts things in order, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. What changes? Our minds, our flesh, our desires. But he doesn't change. And when we're abiding in him then we too can be consistent see the most difficult thing about the christian walk is consistency not from god's perspective but from ours we're an inconsistent people i can tell you right now i may want something for lunch today but by the time lunch comes around i may not want that anymore i may want something else well and I, how does that work i mean i have already convinced myself That this is what I want, but then it comes around, I don't want that. It's because I can't make up my mind. It's because I'm inconsistent in my desires. My fleshly nature lies to me all day long every day. It will tell me I want this, but I really don't want that. It will tell me I want that, but then when I get that, it doesn't satisfy. Nothing ever satisfies in the flesh. The only way that we can be a consistent Christian is to be with a consistent God consistently. That's who we are. We are a fleshly being. Now, it's funny. We were talking this morning. Ned and I had a conversation this morning. You know, you have the world, which we're born into. We're all born into it. We're all born into sin. And then over here, you've got heaven. And you've got the wonderful place where where God abides, where Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. But at the same time, we can't get from here to there unless we have a door. Well, what is the door? It's Jesus. Jesus is the door. He said, I'm the door. No one comes in except through me. So now we have Jesus in the middle, and we're here, heaven's there, but actually we have moved from here now into the door. We're standing in the doorway, physically speaking. Spiritually, we're already there. Spiritually, it's accomplished. Nothing needs to be accomplished anymore in the spiritual realm for us to enter in, except the fact that we're still in this tent over here. But while we're in this tent, we're standing in the door. When we die, we cross over the threshold. Of the door and we're now into the eternal we're with Jesus forever but until that time we still have all this stuff that pulls at us and tears at us and moves away and and tries to pull us away we can't be pulled away spiritually speaking we're sealed by the Holy Spirit but the flesh still wants what it wants and we have to die to it every single day it's a battle ongoing the flesh wrestles against the spirit the spirit against the flesh but the whole consistent part of this thing is god he doesn't move he doesn't change he doesn't change his mind he doesn't sit up there and say well today i want to see what these people are going to do so i can sit back here and laugh at them now god has a sense of humor he created me when i look in the mirror i said i don't know what you were thinking god but god has a plan even for those like me (laughs) He has a plan for all of us, and he's consistent in his plan. He's a God of order, and his word is always true. Our eternal hope is confirmed, and we're now in a place where we can actually begin to see the actuality of what that is. We're not there yet, but we can see it through faith. This is a faith walk, and we're walking by faith, not by sight. If we looked at what's going on around us and focused on that, Where would we find any hope at all? There's no hope in man. There's no hope in government. There's no hope in in it fixing itself. We can't fix ourselves. How can we expect anybody around us to fix the problems around us? Only Jesus can make change in our circumstance. But he doesn't always choose to do so, does he? Sometimes the circumstances get dark. And sometimes we're walking in these dark places like, God, I thought you were the same. He said, I am. I'm still the same. And here's the difference. I'm walking with you in this circumstance. I am carrying through you, th- you through this circumstance. I am going to make this circumstance not be of value, of concern, or of anything to you because the circumstance doesn't make who you are. I make who you are. In the relationship with me, you can go through anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I don't take that verse out of context. Many do when they want something from God. I can do all things to get what I want. No, that's not what that passage is referring to. And if you go into context and look at it, everything prior to that was trouble, difficulties, hardships. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning I can go through these things and not let these things dictate who I am. Not let them pull me down because God is consistent and all that he is again right now we're walking in faith we're not able to see the fullness of our eternal position but by faith we know it's there and because of jesus it's already accomplished that's the wonderful thing and eternal hope means that we're we're hoping for things not yet seen but it's already accomplished because of jesus we just have to wait it out But think about this for a minute. I know it can be difficult. I know this world is hard. I know circumstances are hard. But think about this for just a minute. The minor, temporary time that we spend here, because this is the only period that we're going to be under time, by the way. See, God is outside of time. We're bound by it. He's not. The 70, 80, 90 years, 100, if you live that long, is a very, you can't even measure that on the scale of eternity. So what we're going through now does not even weigh in to what we're going to see and who we are in the eternal aspect of Jesus. We're going to have to wait to see that fullness with these eyes and with these bodies until we see him face to face. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. That's that's huge. We're going to know then how he knows now. He knows us now. How we will see ourselves then because he's outside of time. He's outside of the realm of this fleshly nature that we have. And so he can see the fullness of the picture we only see in part. Now we can sit here all day and say, well, I'll long for that. Lord Jesus, come quickly, and we should be praying for the Lord to come quickly. I mean, it's part of Scripture says, Lord, come quickly, even so, come quickly. However, we have to be careful that we do get so wrapped up in the desire to be with Him eternally that we miss our purpose here on earth today. Yes, we desire to be with Him. Paul himself said, listen, I'm torn. I desire to go home and be with Jesus. That's where I want to be. However... I also want to be here with you because I have a purpose. What shall it be? I mean, Paul's like, can, like he could make a snap. Okay, I'm going to be in heaven or be here. I don't know the way it was worded. It was kind of interesting. But Paul was saying, listen, I long to be in my eternal home, to be fully clothed in what I know is coming. But that's not where I'm called to be yet. Therefore, I will remain for your sake. How many of us think about it in that context? That you are not here for you. You're here for somebody else. I, I often think about, this. I mention it many times here from in, in the church, it's like, God doesn't save us and then take us home. Now, there are some He does. I mean, that's in His perfect will, how the timing of that works. But 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 ultimately, when you come to meet Jesus, the easy thing would be, okay, Lord, now I've met my Savior, bring me home. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in this world anymore. But God says, no, that's not my plan for you. I save you so that you can be a light to others. So ultimately, when we become believers, we're not here for ourselves any longer. We are now died to ourselves. We're living for Jesus according to his will like Jesus represented. He represented the Father's will. We represent the will of God. We are here for the will of God. Therefore, we're not here for ourselves. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with this time that we have here? Are we living for Jesus? Are we representing Jesus in this world? Or are we bound up into our flesh again? Are we still all about us? We talked about grumbling Christian, complaining Christians. This is what people get to be when they take their eyes off of Jesus and do not realize the purpose that he has for you while you're here. Hebrews 11.1 one says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." We have a faith knowing what's coming, but the evidence hadn't presented itself yet. But it will. And Romans eight twenty three through twenty five. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the spirit. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So we persevere. We persevere through the through the trials, through the tribulations, through the pain, through the suffering, through the hardships. We persevere because this is not our hope. Our hope is eternal. And our hope is yet to be revealed. But it will be revealed. So this week, we get a glimpse of what this hope is going to look like. Paul shows us this comparison between the natural and the spiritual. Born in the flesh, receiving life to our spirit through Jesus, and then the transformation to our spiritual heavenly, heavenly being. And we're on that road right now this is where we're at so let's begin verses 35 through 41 in first corinthians 15 but someone will say how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come foolish one what you sow is not made alive unless it dies and what you sow, you do not sow that the body shall, shall uh, that the body shall be, but more mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body, as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. Now Paul here gives us these examples of the transformation of what is sown in the ground what grows from the ground a seed has to decompose in order to be germinated and to grow in other words you plant this seed it's a solid little seed we plant a little garden usually some type of garden every year used to we had a real big garden it was a lot of big work (laughs) but you sow these seeds and they're just they're solid you know green beans seeds are white White whitish green but mainly white you sow them in the ground And if you were to go back and you start digging around where you sowed that seed before it comes up, you're going to start to see it's no longer white. It's kind of ugly looking. It's kind of been absorbed by the soil around it and by the moisture around it. And it's beginning to to rot. The seed actually rots before the growth can come out of it. And once it's decomposing and rotting, then the seed then begins to burst open. And then what comes out of the ground is completely different than what was put into the ground. But what is put in has to die. In other words, if it doesn't die, it can't be transformed. If it doesn't die, it cannot be something else. And being born into the flesh, see, our spirit is not awakened to the spiritual until we die to that flesh. till the Holy Spirit brings conviction to our heart and we recognize that we are sinners. You can't talk someone into Christianity. You cannot emotionally drag somebody into Christianity. Oh, you can get people to pray a prayer. And it may be a tearful prayer. But if it's not transform, transformation of the heart, understanding that they are a sinner and that they need a Redeemer and that Jesus is the only way, then all of it is just a show. All of it is just a, an experience. People are seeking experiences all day long. I know Christian brothers and sisters who still want to have an experience every Sunday because they can't seem to feel what they want to feel. Don't trust your feelings. You're walking in faith, not in sight. It's not about the emotion. The emotion comes and goes. It's about the solidity of the relationship that you have because you died in Christ. And He now is living in you. You have been transformed. But until you die to yourself and recognize that what you are is never going to get to heaven because it's not acceptable, it cannot be in heaven, the flesh can't dwell there. It's a spiritual place. But until our flesh is dead, our spirit cannot be born again. But we have to be born again. That's what Jesus said. You need to be born again. It means that our spirit is awakened by the Spirit of God to reign over our fleshly nature in order to truly live something has to die something has to die second corinthians 5:17 says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation old things have passed away and behold all things have become new and Romans 8:13 says for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the de- the deeds of the flesh or the deeds of the body you will live the flesh has to die for the spirit to live. In 2 Timothy 2:11 2, this is a faithful saying for if we died with him we shall also live with him. So the comparison here is very clear. The fleshly nature of man, it will bring eternal death. Period. But if we receive Jesus Christ in this life, then that fleshly nature can be put to death. By the Spirit that's awakened in us, and the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, and the Word of God that comes alive in us, then we can put to death that which we were controlled by before, we now can have control over. By the power of God. By the power of His Spirit. So this is the comparisons that He's making here. And then He also shows us different types of bodies that God created terrestrial bodies which is related to earthly inhabitants then the celestial which is the heavenly bodies the sun the moon and the stars and all of these have their own god-given glory now let me make a very strong point here they, the glory of the creation of god never exceeds the glory of god himself i love nature i love hiking used to now it's more painful than fun But I love being out there, I love being out walking, I love running, I love being outside. I love to see the creation of God. When I go into the woods, I love to see the trees and see all the stuff going on and see wildlife, all of this stuff I love to do. But I never look at that and say, wow, I want to worship this. I want to worship that tree. Why? It's a tree. It's used to be cut down and made, build something out of, make paper, make whatever. I don't worship the tree. And you can plant another tree, by the way. For those who believe that you've got to hug a tree, let's understand that hugging a tree ain't going to save anything. God gave us all these things of this earth to use, but it's to be replenished. But the point I'm making here is we never come to the place where we look at God's creation and say, Oh, I want to bow down to this creation. Listen. The most beautiful things of this world are decaying. They're dying. They can't sustain themselves. Nothing of God's creation can sustain itself. God himself sustains it until it's time for it to go. Even those great redwoods out in, in northern California, I mean, I have not seen them. We wanted to see them when we went out to California. We didn't get that far north. We made it to John Muir Woods. Those were some big trees but didn't even compare to the to the great redwoods all of those things are are marvelous things you're like wow i mean we have one of the seven wonders of the world stone mountain right down here i don't get to go see it very often anymore stone mountain amazing rock (laughs) that's all it is is a rock i don't worship the rock except the rock of jesus christ he's the rock that we worship but all of these things have their own glory in god's creation they're all different from one another. They're not the same. Now with that said, again, all of these creations have to die. The earth and the heavens are all affected by sin, by the fall of man. In Genesis three seventeen, Then he said to Adam, Because you've heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground. For your sake. In toil you'll eat of it all the days of your life. So the ground, the earth, was cursed at that point. It was cursed to have the effects of sin make it decay. Just like our natural bodies now decay. Prior to that we had the tree of life in the garden. They ate of that tree of life. They would have lived forever in that garden. But they sinned. And once that sin came in, it didn't just affect them. It affected everything. All of the offspring, all of the animals, everything then from that point forth, uh, forward in the earth was affected by it. Romans eight twenty through 22 says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together. Until now, the whole earth is under stress. That's why we have all the the earthquakes that we have. That's why we have... All the storms that we have. That's why we have everything going on in, in the world today. It's all affected because of the original sin. Now the heavens too are affected. In Mark 13, 24 through 26, it says, But in those days after the tribulation the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And in Revelation 8:12, then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And then we see Revelation 21, 1. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away also there was no more sea so what we're seeing here is that the entire earth the fleshly nature of man everything is affected by sin including the heavens including the stars including everything that god created in the beginning in perfection has been tainted because of sin and it all has to go there will be a new heaven there will be a new earth sin brings death to all things jesus gives all things new life as i said earlier things have to die once sin has been exposed and sin has affected that whatever it is has to die in order for it to be perfect in god's eyes that's why jesus came that's why jesus being the perfect lamb of god was able to deliver us from this law of sin and death that was put into place all the way back to Adam. Because through one man, sin came. Through one man, life comes. And that's Jesus Christ. Verses 42 through 50. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown... In dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body and so it is written the first man Adam became a living being the last man Adam became, or the last Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And it is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit in corruption. The two cannot mix. They cannot blend. This is a problem that's affected the church and our culture today. What has happened is that there are many who have come to not believe the full counsel of God's Word. There are some today who have come to believe that it's all about here and now, that we're supposed to be blessed on every turn, that we're supposed to get everything we can from God today, that this is all me, 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 bless me, bless me, bless me. We have all this going on around us, And they've taken their eyes off the fact that this is a temporary place that we're supposed to be dying to, not trying to find everything we can get out of it. But laying ourselves, laying our lives at the feet of Jesus. And then once we do that, then we're actually walking in faith for the eternal to come. But we are being changed, no longer seeking the things of this world. But when it's not taught that way, when it's taught that, no, get all you can get now. God wants you to have it. Go get it. Then your focus is off of Jesus. It's off of our eternal hope. It's on a false hope. And what happens when your world collapses around you and this is the life and this is the faith that you're walking in? You have nothing to stand on. There have been a many, many, many disillusioned Christians. They've come to know the Lord. They've gone under false doctrine. Then when trouble comes, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to happen. I'm supposed to have a good life, an easy life, a happy life. That's what the Christianity is, right? I'm not supposed to be affected by sin anymore. No, we still live in a sinful world. Because you live in a sinful world, you're still going to be affected. And consequences of other sins as well as your own, it's going to affect you. Consequences do not change. The eternal takes us away from those consequences. But we still have to walk through these things in this world. Because we're corrupt. And the corruption can never be made uncorrupt except through Jesus Christ. So, no matter what we do, no matter what we go, and even if you come to this place where you start saying, Well, God is love. And if God is love, He's really not going to bring judgment. I mean, God's, God of love wouldn't do that. They disregard Scripture. And they want to take the one attribute of God and make Him or make Him what they want Him to be with this one attribute He's all love. Therefore, I can do whatever I want to do because He loves me and I'm going to be redeemed. And that's okay then. It doesn't matter if I steal or, or go and do whatever I want to do. and you know, it, it just doesn't matter anymore because God is love. No, that's not how it works. So you can't take one attribute of God and make him who you want him to be out of that one attribute. you got the other extreme of that. Oh, God's an angry ogre. He's all of judgment. He, he didn't care about anybody. He used to and squash you like a bug. And there are people that look at God that way. They see God as one just waiting... To drop the piano on their head. That's how they vision. I can't go outside today because I'm going to die. Well, if it's your time, it's your time. But go on outside and let it over with. If it's your time, live your life in accordance to what God's got for you. Take your last breath in joy, not in fear and anxiety and, and, and struggling over the fact of who God is or isn't. God is very clear who he is. He's well beyond. You can't describe him with love. He is love as a part of who he is, but he's also a God of justice. He's a God of sovereignty. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of all these things. And if we want to take God and make him one thing, then we've misrepresented God. Listen, what you need to come to the place and say, God, you're God and I'm not. Therefore, I surrender my will to yours. And whatever happens, I'm going to bless your name. If I take my last breath today, I want it to be praising your name. If I have another day, then I'll wake up to that day tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow takes care of itself. Today is what we have. We don't have yesterday. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Let's walk out today. That's what we're supposed to do. But this description that Paul just gave us in in the passage we just read is the old man versus the new man. It's the old mindset versus the new mindset. It's the old being versus the new being. The body is sown in corruption. We're born into sin. We're born corrupt. We cannot change that in ourselves. But it is raised in incorruption by Jesus Christ. It is sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown in natural, but it's raised in spiritual. So when we read it and just break it down, the old is corrupt, dishonorable, and weak. That's what we're born into. Old, corrupt, dishonorable, and weak. The new, or the resurrected body, is incorruptible, honorable, and powerful. We're raised in power. So what we have to do today is recognize who we are in the future... And walk through by faith that that is who we are, not who we were. And therefore, we can now walk in the newness of life here and now. Oh, what if I mess up? That's God's mercy and grace. He says, listen, you fumbled the ball. You dropped it. Recognize it. Repent from it. And then receive restoration. Continually. This is the continual way that a Christian lives. He's not going to live a perfect life because we still have this ugly tent that we're in. But by faith, we have the eternal. So therefore, we're looking to the eternal, knowing that when we mess up in the current, God's mercy and God's grace covers that, but only when we're actually in Him and abiding in Him and recognize, I messed up. And there's the problem, again, with the human side is it doesn't want to confess that it was wrong it was somebody else it's always somebody else's fault and that's what we have to die to those are the continually things that we die to this passage should put to close any argument that man is born good and sometimes does bad things that is not what the bible tells us man is born evil man is born corrupt Man cannot save himself from it. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And another passage here that confirms this point is Isaiah 64, 6. But we're all like an unclean thing. And all our righteousness is like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. That's the, rea- the reality Of the fleshly nature. And until we see ourselves that way. Now I'm not saying you're beating yourself up. I'm not saying that you're always. Oh woe is me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner saved by grace. Now so therefore you have joy. You have hope. You have a life that you can live. Not in condemnation any longer. But you have to come to that place of recognizing. That that's where we were. Never come to God saying. But God I've done a few good things. That ought to get me at least in the front door. No it won't. Your good deeds will not get you anywhere close to God. It's all about dying to those even good deeds. See, God wants us not only to turn over our sinful nature, all the things that we recognize are bad, He wants us to give Him the good things too. Ooh, what, about, what, what, what are you saying? I'm saying that everything within you has to be given to God. The good things that you think you have, turn them over. Your talents, give them over to God. If he wants to use them, he will, but he will be using them in his power, not in your own. To come to God with anything good that you think you've got, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable, and it won't do anything for your relationship with God. It may make you feel better about yourself for a minute, but that's about it. God wants the good, the bad, and the ugly. He wants it all, but he needs you to recognize it's all in the flesh. Therefore, he can take what you've given him and remake it into something that he wants it to be, and then he pours it back into you so that when you go out into the world, you're now living and doing things that he's given you to live and do, no longer doing them because you thought you had a good thing. If you've got a good singing voice, praise God that you've got it. But don't think you're going to come to God and give Him your singing and He's going to honor and accept it. If you're not walking with Him, He doesn't care how good you sing. I can tell you this, the person that can't carry a note in a tin bucket, he loves more that loves Him than the ones who will come and have a beautiful singing voice but have no relationship with Him. What good does that do you? It means nothing. We have to give it all to Him. Every part of our lives see this is the good news of the gospel while we're born into sin we're born into corruption god made a way of escaping the punishment for that and we still see the realization of that uh, benefit in our lives in the new spiritually resurrected beings that's coming now i don't want to get too far off into what these bodies are going to be able to do a lot of people like i like to ponder them you know, we're going to be able to travel through walls. Are we going to be, you know, well, think about it. Jesus, when he was resurrected, he just showed up in a room. Doors were locked. A lot of the doors they kept locked because they were afraid the soldiers were going to come take him away. Here they were, disciples of the man they just crucified. Doors are locked. Windows are shut. They're cowering in their room. And here Jesus comes through the wall or wherever, how he just there he is. That's the resurrected body. Are we going to be able to do that? Woohoo. <laughs> are we going to be able to be, say, listen, I want to go so-and-so and poof, there we are. I don't know. Again, they're fun things to think about, but that's just nothing to really ponder on when you really consider the fact that when we have this new body and this new perfect being that we're going to be, we're going to be in the presence of God. I don't know if I want to leave that. Do I have to go back down there again? Do I have to go do I have to go over there again, Lord? I want, can't I just sit here with you? You know, the thing is, is that we don't all we don't know the fullness of what all this represents. But what we do know is that it's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be good. And the new body, according to Revelation 21, I believe it is, there will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. It's all going to be new. It's all going to be fresh. It's going to be moment by moment. And freedom from all the things that we struggle with in this world. The pain of of broken relationships. The pain of physical infirmment. The hurts and the wounds that we carried for years. While we've repented from our part, we still feel things. We still see things. All of that's going to be removed. This is the new resurrected being that we're going to be and that we're going to have. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time and a thing and a place. It's exciting to think about. It's exciting to think about those things coming. And we should think about the eternal. We should think about. Uh, the new being we should think about the hope that we have knowing it's guaranteed hope it's not a wishful thinking it is actually accomplished because jesus is the forerunner that did it all for us he took it all upon himself everything that we deserve he took and then when he died and he rose again all that's put to death and by faith it's put to death in us and that's the hope that we have something we should think about and he goes on in verses 51 through 58 he says behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must, be, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall we be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, when God saves us and he pours his spirit into us and his word comes alive in us, he gives us things to do. It's not about works. It's not about, oh, I've got to do this for God. I've got to do that for God. Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, I've got to do this. And we worry ourselves that we're not either doing enough or that we're doing too much. Lord, how come nobody's helping me? Then we get off into that, that mindset. You asked me to do this and nobody's helping me. Nobody. Listen, if God wanted you to have other people's help, he'd have brought them. Always understand this. Your ministry does not belong to you. It belongs to God. You are a vessel being willing to do what God has called you to do. So it's not yours. So therefore, when God gives you a vision, when God gives you something to do, and you get all excited about it, don't always expect everybody else to be on the same page with you. They may not be as excited about it. Maybe God's gotten them excited about something else. Because if you start looking at it like, well, if God told me this, and he's bound to have told everybody else, so everybody else is going to, come on, let's go. And all of a sudden, you feel like you're standing out there all by yourself. Where's my help? Well, where does your help come from? It comes from the Lord. It not come from man. God will provide those men and women around you to supply the need that needs to be met. But it's God doing it. So therefore, ministry does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Everything belongs to Him. So all of these things are, 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 are we're looking at now, we've got, to, we've got to learn that we're going to be putting off these mindsets that bring us down and stay in place in the relationship abiding in Him so we're looking for that incorruptible to come because we aren't corrupt. But the, but the corrupt must put on incorruption. The mortal must put on immortality. These are all things... That we as believers, the closer we are to Jesus, the more we can realize it today in our lives. See, we have a hope today. Paul talked about this earlier in our message. You know, if that's all we had is just for for today, then what pitiable people are we? (laughs) But our hope goes well beyond the moment, it goes into the eternity. And so you have to be careful. Again, keep the balance. Yeah, I'm living here. I'm living today. But this is not who I am. I am already incorruptible in the spirit realm. Therefore, I need to submit myself unto him today so that I can walk it out this moment and subject to him, being under him, being uh, you know, controlled. And all my flesh is controlled by the spirit of God because I choose to allow it be that way. I need to turn it over. I can't carry it myself. I can't fix anything today. We've got to give it all over. We cannot take today and, 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 and walk it out as though I can do this. And Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but only the things that God tells me to do in the realm of ministry fall under that category. Otherwise, oh, I can do all things. Well, next thing you know, you're doing things God didn't call you to do, and you find your face down in the mud under spiritual attack under hardships many times those things come because we're outside of the will of God so how do I know God's will what do I do well the word says submit yourself unto him the word says walk out your relationship with him put yourself in that place of humility rather than pride And allowing him to show you what his will for your life is. First, his will is to be in a relationship with him. That's his will for your life, period. Everything else falls separate. His will for your life comes through the relationship with him. Not through anything else. And so we have to, again, this is part of putting on the incorruption. Is recognizing that any time I make a decision in my flesh, it's probably going to be a bad one. Or will be a bad one. Therefore, if I make a decision, Lord, I want to pray over this decision. I want to be seeking you for this. Now, does that mean that we get it all right all the time? No. Sometimes God allows us to make the mistake so we can come back to him and say, what did I do wrong? And he said, well, you were listening to me up to this point right here. And then you took off like a, like a bandit, running, raving a banner, and I didn't tell you to go, and I'm standing here saying, come back. You're ahead of me. Or catch up. You're behind me. But all of these things, all of these things that we're looking at this morning, the corruption, the, in, you know, the, um, the mort- immortality, all of these things, we, we're looking at who we are versus who we are living out right now, and we have to keep that in mind and keep that in focus. Jesus has already defeated death when he rose again. But it will be completely put under his feet. We read in Revelation, when that time comes, it will be cast into the lake of fire. Hades will be cast into the lake of fire. They're going to dwell where the, where the Antichrist will dwell for eternity, where Satan himself is going to dwell. All of these things will be cast into the lake of fire, completely, completely done with. But for us today, our hope is in Jesus Christ, the one who's already accomplished all of this, Our hope is in him, and he will carry us through today. Listen, if he is already telling us what's going to happen to Satan, he's given us, Satan knows his own fate, by the way. That's why he's trying to take down as many people as he can before it gets there. Satan already knows what's going to happen to him. He can read. He knows the word of God. His demons know the word of God, and they, they know about Jesus. What does it say? Even the demons believe and tremble. So, as believers, we have to believe not just about God, but we have to know who God is and have that relationship so that all of these things that we're reading this morning is going to be accomplished in fullness. But until then, we can live it out as though it's already accomplished. We can live out today in hope. We can live out today in righteousness we can live out today uh incorruptible not that our flesh is not going to try to stir up but the fact that we now have power within us that we need to tap into and that power is the power of the holy spirit we need to tap into that power and allow him to do the work through us when we can't well we never can do it ourselves but you know what i'm saying here that that submission to Him is what's going to push us over the edge or through that mountain, around it, over the top. However it has to happen, He's going to do it through us and for us, but we have to keep our eyes on Him. And what Paul is telling us over and over through this passage, through 1 Corinthians 15, is, listen, we have a hope. We have an eternal hope. It's been confirmed in us, and now we're seeing how it's going to be realized and that day when we meet Jesus face to face. So why do we want to keep anything of this world in our focus? Let's lay it down. Let's give it over. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. Listen, I probably don't. One thing is, is for sure. A lot of times people will come and they have something going on in their lives. And the, and the, and the worst thing they want to hear is, oh, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. Not to the level of what they may be going through it. They may have experienced things you've never experienced on a level that you've never seen. And the pain is more deep and real than anything that, that we could imagine that they're going through. But that doesn't negate the fact that Jesus still wants to meet them right where they're at and deliver them from that pain into joy, into a place of realization, into a place where they can walk in peace for the first time in their life. We have a peace that we can tap into right now. And that peace is a peace that passes all understanding. Well, that's kind of confusing, isn't it? If I can't understand it, how can I receive it? You, you just have to have faith. By faith, you can receive that peace in the midst of the darkest situation of your life. And it's available to us. That's the hope. That's the knowing. The day is coming. If we don't pass from this life by taking our last breath. Jesus is coming back. Everything that we read about. Everything that we continue to read about. Is going to happen. We are living in a prophetic time. Prophecies yet to be fulfilled are going to be fulfilled. And we can look at our history. And see how prophecies have been fulfilled. Throughout all these years. The prophecy of Jesus is coming hundreds of years written before who He would be, what type of person, what He would go through. All of that stuff is written hundreds of years before it ever took place. And it all happened exactly as the Scripture said it was going to take place. Well, it's no different with His return. It's going to take place. And when that time comes, we need to be abiding We need to be walking in relationship. We need to be having that faith, realizing that we are already going to be with Him. It's just a matter of His timing when that takes place. So let's take today and live it out to its fullness. Not going out beating up to take everything you can get. Going out in humility, being able to give what He's told you to give so that you are a light in this dark world and you're able to live out your life through this faith that we say we have it's a it's a choice are we going to walk it out in jesus or are we just going to say well, yeah i'm a christian but i still have to get up monday morning i have to go fight for what i gotta get and i gotta go do this and i gotta go do that and this is my job and this is my role and this and me 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 listen god does provide us work and we're to do that work according to his will and do it diligently but that work is not what pays your bills that's just the avenue god chose to give you so it's not about your job. And if you're single, it's not about a relationship. If you're married, it's not about getting out of one. It's about walking with Jesus where you're called and where you're at. Take today, put it in the, in the hands of Jesus, and live it out for what he's got for you today. Our hope is already grounded. It's eternal hope. We don't have to doubt about anything. There is no doubt and no fear. There's no room for doubt or fear because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Well, some of us got the sound mind. Some of us didn't. But I still got the power and love. Two out of three ain't bad, right? God is faithful. He is so faithful. And he loves you so much. And he wants you to receive the fullness of all of that in that hope that we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, we come and we thank you for the hope that we have. Our hope is realized. Paul laid it out here. This is all the things to come. These are all the things that are going to change, Lord. All of this, this corruptive, fleshly nature. Yeah, we die to it every day, but that day is coming when it is dead dead. And we won't ever have to look at it again. Oh, Lord, we long for that. But before before that takes place, may we learn to live in you today and to walk in you today and to love in you today and be obedient today. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that we no longer walk in rebellion, but we walk in this hope. Awaken each one of us to this hope, Lord, in a way that we've never experienced before, that we've never seen before. May your word come alive to us in ways that we've never seen before. May we be able to understand things that we've never understood before. There are many things that we'll never understand in this finite mind. But by faith we know the one who knows all things and who has all things, who sustains all things, who created all things from the beginning, Jesus, you, cre- you were there, you spoken into existence, and today you're sustaining it all. And not only are you sustaining the existence of this world for now, here you've already sustained and are ministering in the spiritual realm on our behalf. The heavenly ministry. May we walk in the spiritual, not in the flesh. May we be conformed and transformed by the renewing of our minds. For this is the will of God for our lives. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We love you. And we desire you above all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: favorite part of the whole song (laughs) see you there or or in the air have a blessed week